Welcome to She's Well Fed. This is the podcast for women longing for a liberated, empowered, and joyful relationship with their bodies. I'm Jessie, and I'm a certified intuitive eating counselor, a size-inclusive fitness specialist, and I'm a licensed mental health therapist. And most importantly, I am a woman who has done the work of finding peace in my body. While this podcast is not a substitute for mental health therapy, dietetics, or medical advice, I hope you'll find necessary and nourishing ingredients here so that you too can be well-fed. Welcome back to She's Well Fed. I'm excited to be rejoining you here for another batch of episodes. And before we dive into today's topic, I also wanted to spend just a little bit of time updating you on what's going on in the world of She's Well Fed. So the last mini episode that I recorded was uh, an announcement for a small group that I ran, The Gentle Beginnings, Bolstering Body Image in the New Year. It was more than I could have ever imagined. Um, It was a beautiful collection of souls that showed up in that space and the sharing and the reflection that happened, the insight that was happening. It was just really an incredible experience. So I am very, very deeply grateful for everybody that attended. I am planning to do more work like that, um, hosting some smaller virtual groups on various topics and have some of them be experiential. So if that's something that you're interested in, please keep an eye out. Uh, And if there are specific types of groups that you want to have run, I would love to know about that too. Uh, Also coming up, I'll I'll tell you a little bit more about some things that I have open at the end of today's episode. But I did want to let you know episode-wise, in just taking a look and reflecting on some of the episodes that really landed from the last batch that I released... It seemed that the body blessing episode was really meaningful to a lot of people. And my best kind of estimation there is that it maybe is similar to a meditation and people are using that um, on harder body days. So I'm going to follow your lead and I'm going to be recording some episodes that are truly mindful Um, and meditations for specific experiences in the body or in your body image journey. So if there are things that you encounter that are specific struggles for you that you'd love to have a meditation for, um, easily accessible, please let me know and I would be happy to record those. Another exciting thing that's going to be coming up in this batch of episodes is I'm doing, um, I'm going to do a 10-part series on the intuitive eating principles. And so I will go in order of how they are addressed in the book. Um, Although, as I'll say on the first one of those episodes in that series, they don't have to be in that order, but it is helpful in organization for the book. Um, And Evelyn Tribbley, one of the co-authors, says as much herself. So you have that to look forward to as well. That way, if you notice as you're working through maybe the workbook Uh, the intuitive eating workbook and you're stuck in certain places, if that's a solo practice that you're doing, you might be able to reference some of those um, episodes that I'm doing as supports during that time. 
Okay, so today we are talking about what it feels like when a loved one um, is intentionally losing weight or they are intentionally shifting your body while you are in the journey of intuitive eating. Uh, This time of year, especially, you know, being in the new year is when I'm recording this. Excuse me. There's a, uh, there's a lot of that happening and I'm hearing from clients that it's difficult and there's some activation there. Um, when we see loved ones, especially those who are really close to us or with whom we share a lot of life, um, doing some of the things that maybe we have decided not to do. So I've got some, I've got some hopefully encouraging, uh, content for you today to help you through those experiences. So before we dive in, let's clarify what an anti-diet approach means. So if we are, you know, embracing the anti-diet approach, it's important for us to actually know what that means because usually it is our adherence to anti-diet that is causing the activation for us when we are experiencing the person in our life who is no longer anti-diet or isn't anti-diet. Um, An anti-diet just means rejecting diet culture, like we've talked about, focusing on intuitive eating. Um, Usually that's a framework included in anti-diet and embracing a positive relationship with your body. So how do you navigate this space when a friend is taking a different path? Let's start by acknowledging that the emotions that you're having are valid. Um, The topics that I'm hearing arise or that I have experienced in my own life are um, maybe confusion, frustration, even some insecurity. So when a friend embarks on a weight loss journey, um, which is often what it's called, as opposed to like a body reclamation journey, it's important for you to recognize and accept that you're going to have feelings come up. Or you may have feelings come up, especially if you are newer in the intuitive eating journey and this friend is um, letting you know this is happening and you're, you're surprised by that. So it's, it's okay. You're going to have feelings about that. And accepting those feelings that arise, accepting that they're valid is the first step to navigating that complex terrain. So take some time to reflect on your emotions. Just notice what comes up for you when you're experiencing this activation with somebody in your life making this choice. Journaling can be a really helpful tool to process, um, understand what's coming up for you. But most important is to remember that it's okay for you to feel the feelings. And so I want to differentiate here that you can feel feelings and not share them with the person that you're feeling them about. And in some cases that might actually be Um, the most, uh, the wisest choice. And by that, I mean, when someone's experience, when someone's life is activating us, we don't necessarily have to tell them, especially if you have the inkling or the intuition that there might not be anything to really do about that. So of course, if we're being harmed in relationship, we want to share that. But this is the idea of autonomy, right? This is the idea that we have choice and autonomy and control in our own lives and in our own bodies. And so does that person too. So when the confusion comes up of, um, 
you know, what, what does this mean about me? What does this mean about them? The frustration comes up, right? I feel like I know that this isn't going to work and this is just going to be so hard and I'm going to feel triggered all the time watching their food choices, right? It's really important in those feelings to understand what is yours and your story and what is being projected. Um, And so I share that because often in the work of vulnerability, we have this idea that we have to share every feeling that comes to our mind that is um, activated by another person. That's not necessarily the case, and I don't actually recommend that all of your internal dialogue and internal processing has to be shared. I think that there is really a space to explore this in therapy or in coaching um, or even just within your own reflection, right? What's coming up for me? What, uh, what are some good questions you could ask would be, you know, what am I fearing or what am I, what's the story I'm telling myself about this? That's, I think, the best question to ask with emotions, especially when we're journaling, right? What's the story I'm telling myself about their weight loss? What's the story that I'm telling myself about their desire to change their body? Once you've acknowledged those feelings, the next step is some communication. And it's crucial to have what can be called an open and honest conversation with your friend about where you are. And this is particularly important because if you're going to continue to spend time together in spaces where this is going to come up, it's important to let them know your experience of your journey and what your current values are. So you may share your perspective on what you have chosen to do, and it's important for you to articulate that uh, without judgment as much as possible. So you may decide that you, you know, and this, this comes up specifically if this person is really sharing a lot with you about their journey and their, their plan, their uh, regiment, right, their diet even. You might let your friend know that while you respect their choices, your path involves embracing your body as it is and that you are rejecting diet culture. And this, the conversation can be as simple as that. From there, the two of you can decide on boundaries, which we'll talk about next. But in that communication, it may be helpful to just say, I respect you. I respect your body autonomy. I love you right? I want you to live a life that is most independent um, or happiest for you. And I trust you to make choices that are good for you. A choice that I have made for me that is really good for me is rejecting diet culture, right? Or not participating in diets. Often diets are difficult. Uh, Diet culture is difficult in the first place because there is so much social connection that's cut off. Right. And when we think about, um, gosh, I, rem- I don't even know what book it was, but I remember learning of a book a long time ago and a diet type book. And one of the recommendations in it was be careful to not spend time with too many people who aren't also dieting. <laughs> Cause I mean the, the implied there, right. Is they could really make you not be able to maintain this diet. And it's like, oh man, like if, if something that you are doing requires you to be disconnected from your social community, I think a relevant question is whether or not that thing is good for you in the first place. So I say that because staying in relationship 
being in community, I think is inherently anti-diet because you are embracing a community, you're embracing connection, right? And so being able to stay in community, if possible, um, with these friends or family members or loved ones, while also articulating that your path may be different, is a really good extension of body trust too. Your body's going to hear you saying that, your body's going to understand that even though this perceived threat is in your environment, you are keeping yourself safe. How we keep ourselves safe in those emotional spaces is by setting boundaries. Setting boundaries is essential for maintaining your peace of mind. So you may politely let your friend know if certain topics like diets or weight loss, uh, weight loss uh, come up that those make you uncomfortable or that you've just decided that that's not something you're interested in talking about. It's crucial though to communicate your boundaries if you want to stay in relationship and ensure a respectful understanding uh, experience with one another. So how this has looked for me before is being able to say, like I'm thinking of a time when I was out at dinner uh, with some friends pretty early on in my own body journey and the conversation as it often does kind of shifted to, you know, some weird body talk and, um, you know, diet mentality stuff, you know, what's in the food and is this quote unquote good food or bad food and that kind of thing. And it was important for me to be able to be comfortable at that dinner to articulate that I wouldn't be participating in that kind of conversation. And so really gently, I just said something new I'm working on. Uh, and I, I think I threw my therapist at the time under the bus which, you know, we love being thrown under the buses as the reasons for healthy behaviors. <laughs> but I said, you know, my therapist and I are working on me talking differently about my body and about food. And so I'm just not doing diet talk anymore and I'm not doing body talk anymore. And so I'm, I'm not going to talk about the foods that I choose or the foods that others choose. And I'm also not going to talk about my body in a way that's unkind. Um, I'm not asking you to shift anything that you are talking about, but I'm not going to be participating in those things anymore. And I'm happy to tell you more about why, um, but those are some choices that I'm making. And it was received really well. Um, and it didn't mean that my entire social circle changed immediately where they no longer talked about these things that our society conditions us to talk about. But that actually did end up changing through time too, is that um, the more that I just didn't participate, I also think I created an energy where that kind of conversation just wasn't really welcome around me. Um, and I'm, and I'm really grateful for that. So that again, too, that, that communication and how specifically you want to articulate that if you do is going to change and be different based on who you're around, the intimacy of the relationship and the topic. And those are all good things to practice in, uh, a, a safe therapeutic setting or coaching setting too. So now let's let's talk a little bit about self-care because managing the emotions that come up with this can be really challenging. So it's essential to prioritize your mental and emotional well-being while you're navigating that. So some ideas are engaging in activities that bring you joy and make you feel good about yourself. Um, and when I say make you feel good about yourself, what I mean by that is what nourishes you right? What makes you feel well-fed in all of the ways that someone can be well-fed? Maybe that is being really consistent with your meditation practice, or that is continuing to do the slow and purposeful movement 
that you have found is beneficial in your body. Maybe it's trying something new like um, lifting heavy weights and seeing what it feels like to be, be powerful in your body and how that feels for you. It's also important self-care to surround yourself with uh, like-minded influences and representative community, right? And so balancing out some of these experiences by making sure that you're also spending just as much time and energy and attention, um, engaging with folks who are in similar places as you or who maybe don't have some of the body hangups that accompany a lot of the diet culture. And then practicing self-compassion, right? This is a really important one and I think is really the backbone of self-care is can you care for self with compassion? And compassion is our, our uh, ability to see and help, right? I see myself and I'm here to help myself. Or I see another and I'm here to help another is compassion. And really reminding yourself of what you know is true about you and your journey. So part of self-care is also aligning with our values. And part of self-care really has to do with what do I know is right for me? Right? What do I know is right for me? Because of the antithesis of diet culture is body autonomy, which is no longer outsourcing your choices about your body, your food, your movement, or your beliefs about your body, food, or movement. So this means realigning to and re-anchoring in. I know it is good for me to fill in the blank, right? I know that it is good for me to rest when my body is asking for it. I know that it is good for me to spend time outside. I know that it is good for me to have all of the food groups in my life, right? Recommitting to and re-anchoring to what is important for you and what you know works for you. So let's talk some practical strategies as we wrap up. Uh, this, the strategies that I have for you here really revolve around maintaining peace in your body and your mind while supporting your friend on a different journey. We love our friends. We support them. And if we truly, if we believe in body autonomy, that also means believing that other people get to make choices that are different than ours. So these practical strategies that I've listed so far Um, In addition to that is reaffirming your commitment to your values regularly. So I recommend doing that, um, especially if you're in kind of a heightened season of dysregulation with someone in your life really having a different path, you may need to recommit to your values daily. Maybe that's part of your spiritual practice in the morning is to sit quietly with yourself. You know, I love, I love to sit with um, a hand on my belly. So my left hand across the lower part of my belly and my right hand touching gently where my heart is. And I take a breath there. And it's just this really uh, gentle and intentional connection back to self and body. So even sitting for a couple of minutes in the morning in a posture like this that feels supportive or some self-contact like what I described that feels nourishing. And and maybe even, um, you know, repeating a mantra that feels good for you or a phrase that feels really uh, encompassing. So um, something that I have used before is I have said to myself, I am building a house 
of body peace. Right? I am building the foundation of body peace. And this reminds me, you know, what that phrase cues for me is that this is a process that is unfolding and a relationship that I am having, not um, something I'm trying to fix. You know, I am not a problem to be fixed, but I am embarking on this really deliberate and paced journey of figuring out what is right for me. And, and even you'll notice, right, as we, as we notice that phrasing or phrasing similar, there's a slowing down to that. You know, the franticness kind of drops off. And this is also helpful because it reminds us of why we've chosen the anti-diet approach and the positive impact that it has on our well-being. So something I consider frequently um, is the things that I used to believe needed to move for wellness to exist, like numbers on a scale or inches on a measuring thing. Those are not the things that I actually needed to move to feel better. While I was chasing being smaller, I wasn't experiencing body peace, right? And I I realized the other day I was writing something and I thought, oh man, my mind isn't full of body thought anymore. You know, my mind isn't full of um, worrying about trying to be smaller. I have, and, and of course those ideas come up because they do in all of our lives, But I have such access to creativity and peace now because I have decided that I I value body peace and body reclamation over trying to change myself and in my body. This, I think, is why it's also so important to seek like-minded communities um, or to have good friends or supports who share similar values, if possible, um, so that you can also remember that you're not alone on this journey. Um, so I, I want to just recap briefly, if, if you were to think about this in, you know, a step-by-step of how to handle this when it enters your orbit. The first would be notice your emotions. Notice your emotions and your feelings. And remember that emotions are those core emotions. Those happen deep within us on a somatic level. So number one, notice the emotions and then the feelings. Right? The feelings are the nuanced experiences that us humans name those emotions. Notice those. Communicate what and if is necessary. Set boundaries that are appropriate. Right. Another reminder about boundaries is that boundaries are things we put around ourselves, not what we put around another. So that's the difference between boundaries and rules. Boundaries are the things that exist around me. Rules are the things that I try to get you to adhere to. Let's set boundaries instead of trying to implement rules. This might look like I can't participate in body talk versus a rule. Maybe you can't talk about body in front of me. The boundary is I may need to leave if that conversation persists or I can't participate. And then after setting boundaries are those self-care strategies, right? Really reaffirming why you have chosen what you've chosen and taking good care of yourself, right? Nourishing yourself, remaining compassionate and realigning with why you've chosen this in the first place. So I hope that helps in navigating when these things come up in life. Um, You know, it, it comes, it comes into our orbit, I think more often than we'd like. And 
um, it's okay. It's okay to navigate that with a lot of deep respect for yourself and for the other person and also a realignment with what's best for you. Um, and the people who love us and who we love, right? It, there's an idea here that it's more important to be in relationship than to be right. Um, so just managing ourselves and those experiences can be, um, that alone can be a self-care strategy. So what I want to let you know is that I do have um, some openings for individual coaching available. So if you are somebody that's maybe working through the intuitive eating workbook on your own, um, my work is a perfect alignment with helping to support that. So if you are finding that there's parts where you'd like some extra support, that's where I come in. Um, I would love to talk with you and see if I'm the right fit for that. And other places, if you have found yourself really disconnected from body for a long time, so maybe you're not necessarily working through the intuitive eating workbook, um, but you are embarking on the body reclamation journey in your own way, and you are finding that it's difficult to connect to your body or to hear some of your body's cues or to engage in relationship with your body, that's, that is my zone of genius that I would love to help you with. And finally, a new and exciting offering that I've got that I want to tell you about is I will be hosting half-day workshops for small groups of um, friends or uh, I guess that's the kind of the best way to, to think about it. But if you and a grouping of your close people that you love, um, this is for, I'm hosting this for women right now. If you and a group of people that you love want to come uh, and experience this together, I'm hosting half-day workshops. Um, and those can be either in-person or virtual. So this is a preformed group that you would bring uh, a handful of you and we will work through uh, a lot of the body image. It's a great, think of it as a great primer for building the foundation of this body reclamation journey. And it's especially great because it's a little more accessible um, in shorter term. So if the one-on-one individual coaching isn't something that you're prepared for right now, this is another accessible option um, that you can do with some people that you know and trust and love. Uh, and those half-day workshops can be scheduled in a way that works for uh, the schedule of all the participants. So if you have questions about any of the things that I'm talking about or you're wondering which of those offerings might be good for you, I'm happy to talk through them. You can reach me at sheswellfed at gmail.com. You can also submit some contact through sheswellfed.com. Um, any way that you want to access me would be great. I hope that you all stay well and I will talk with you soon. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the She's Well Fed podcast. I hope there was something here that was nourishing to you and that contributed to your well-being. If you're enjoying this podcast, I hope you'll consider sharing it with a friend or leaving me a review or a rating on the platform where you listen most. That allows this work to access more people. I also want to offer that there are resources available on my website, sheswellfed.com. And if you're interested in working with me personally, you can contact me there too. I provide coaching for women who are ready to ditch diet culture and embrace a joyful, empowered relationship with food, body, and movement. Here's to all of us women being well-fed.